What is going on, Suns fans? Justin here, and with me, as always, is my podcasting partner, Paul. Come out to the coast. We'll have a few laughs. What's that from? Die Hard. Oh. The greatest yeah. Christmas movie my ever. Bad. I know I've, we're a little I've, late, I've only but seen it like a handful of times, full disclosure. every year. I'm, I'm, I feel a little less manly now. Anyway, okay, we'll move on from that. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Uh, we are here with the first episode of 2018 for Bright Side of the Suns for the fans, by the fans podcast. Yes, sir. Now that the holidays are behind us, I think we'll probably be a little more regular. I hope so. I'd like to think so. Yeah, my travel's behind me. That helps, too. Yeah, hopefully your shoulder surgery goes okay. Yeah, hey. That means I should be laid up watching Suns That's games. perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Paul's going to be a lot more insightful because he's going to have nothing better to do because he's going to be like on painkillers laying yeah. on the couch for a few weeks. Maybe we should record this. <laughs> I believe we will. Um, and even if I'm not here, I might just have your wife secretly record you anyway to see what happens. Can't be bad. So uh, at any rate, so... Uh, I said this last time, it's been a while, <laughs> but uh, like I said, we'll be more regular moving forward here, uh, but uh, since since we were gone, we've we've had, you know, Devin Booker go out, Devin Booker return, we've had some word come down about Devin Booker's involvement with the future of the franchise moving forward, uh, Mike James is no longer here. And now uh, we have the cannon! And now we have Isaiah Cannon, who I'm sorry, but I like I still do double takes because he's built exactly like Eric Bledsoe, <laughs> yeah, and, and he two. wears number two. <laughs> and the first game he played, I, I, I like three times, was like, why is... Bl- is this a replay? Oh, yeah, okay, Isaiah Cannon, got it. But um, at any rate, first things first, really quickly, Brightside Night, thank you everybody out there. Woo-hoo! Killed it. We met the mark, flew past the mark. Met the next mark. Met the next mark. <laughs> it's like marks are being presented and they Just keep leave getting them in the blown up. Mirror. So it seems like the holiday Dave season very really happy. kicked in for everybody. So that is outstanding. Thank you so much. Um, oh, Paul, thanks to the Pacers fans, too, because they uh, I know they chipped in a bunch, too. There you go. Thank you, Pacer fans that chipped in as well. I know none of them listen to this. That would be weird if they did. Like maybe they just would listen to random podcasts about every NBA team. Probably not. So uh, Paul and I will be there uh, if you get a chance to say hello. Say hello. Yeah, I'll be the guy in the sling. That's right, because you're going to have your surgery. Back to that whole thing. So, um, I, And I want to give you, Paul, special Uh-oh. kudos. Yeah, I didn't tell you about this before. I want to get your genuine reaction. Because I sure saw you like shaking people down on Twitter, man. Being like, hey, this means you at so-and-so when Dave was posting, like, don't be that guy. Yeah. So so good job. I mean, it, it, it elicited a response. Maybe some of those people that ended up donating out, they were just like, I don't want to get shaken down by Paul <laughs> on social media. So I was in a mood one day. Good for you, man. Congrats. Uh, and, and, and ironically, delving into one other <laughs> little thing about Paul having a little bit of a forceful tendencies. I'd like to point out that this is today is the one year anniversary of us recording a podcast where I actually thought you were going to punch me in the face. You remember that? <laughs> I do remember I was that. sitting I right here. Today. You were sitting right there. <laughs> and the fire in your eyes was something I have never seen before and I hope to never see again. Well, there's a reason we don't drink anymore while we do these. There's a, <laughs> apparently Paul's an angry two beer drinker. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. So, okay. That's enough of that. That's three minutes and 20 seconds of us just yapping back and forth about Paul's and violent tendencies. <laughs> uh, and that was more like 30 seconds of Paul's violent tendencies, but at any rate. So Booker. Yeah. Devin Booker. Um, I think the first thing, at least that I kind of want to hop on is uh, Ryan McDonough's interview from, I guess it was last week now, yeah. uh, where he was talking about how the Devin Booker is indeed going to have say with this franchise moving forward, whether it be 
players, although he said except for like trading players because then you're yeah. moving players out. Um, and with sense. and with uh, the the personnel decisions in terms of coaching and whatnot, um, I'll say briefly, I have absolutely no problem with it. I think that's actually a good move because I want to keep Devin Booker as happy as I can possibly keep him yeah. because at this point. His happiness and his his uh, uh, participation, his engagement, and where this franchise is going is really the thing that's going to kind of keep him around. Uh, because you know, until they start winning games on a regular basis, it's not going to be a winning tradition. Uh, so, Hopefully, he's a better GM than LeBron. Uh, yeah, what do you, <laughs> are you are you saying that uh, Iman Shumpert's not worth all that money he got? Or Tristan Thompson, or <laughs> Tristan, Tristan Thompson was who I was actually thinking of. But yeah, exactly. So, but Paul, thoughts. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's a it's a good move to at least consult with him just mm-hmm. from the standpoint of, as Justin said, to um, keep him happy because, you know, with, with the way contracts are going now, particularly with that we, that new quirk that they have that you get, get that super max extension mm-hmm. that uh, uh, Cousins got screwed out of because he got traded because you have to be able to get that with the team that you were either drafted by or you had to have been traded before you take that first extension, if he's gonna, if he's thinking he doesn't want to be at the Suns long term, he's gonna want to make that move soon mm-hmm. because because that effect, that affects his ability to get that super max extension. So keeping him happy is priority one. Priority two is building a team around him to win, which will keep him happy, right? Hopefully, um, and obviously there are moves to be made. Related to that, clearly a coach, a coaching decision is probably that first, the first one on the docket. What's up, Fizz? Hopefully, I feel like <laughs> I feel like Book and Fizz would get along great. I think I think they would. I think I think they probably love already Fizz. do. Yeah, you know, Fizz is out there. Everybody knows Fizz. Um, but I mean, Triano's shown some signs that mm-hmm. you know he's gotten a lot more out of this team than Earl Watson did. I mean, they're playing better now than they were last year when they had a borderline all-star in Eric Bledsoe. Mm-hmm. So clearly he's getting something out of the team. They're on pace, I think, for like like low 30s wins this year with the, with the rate they're going right now. So, I mean, you can't hate on that kind of improvement, and you're starting to see – Improvement in a bunch of different players, like you know, Chris has started to come on a little bit recently. Yeah, he's had a you few know. a few games here the past like three or four games. Yeah, finally he's starting to <laughs> be consistent. Obviously, a small sample size there, but yeah, you know, just show us glimpses at least, give us a little hope. I mean, just look at. I mean, I kind of want Alex Len back now. All right. I want him to stick around, and I mean, that's a lot of that's I think Triano and putting him in a position to succeed and getting him to you know, simplify his game and just Mm -hmm. be what the team needs him and, you know, focus on the things we know he's good at. 17-foot spot-up shots are not necessary for him to be taking, is what you're saying? No, not not trying to be Kevin Garnett. Unnecessary. Unnecessary. Absolutely. But, yeah, so definitely want uh, Booker in on that conversation. I mean, we'll see how how it goes. Hopefully he, he has a high basketball IQ. I don't know how that translates into personnel decisions, but... I mean, I, I, I can't imagine it's a bad thing. Um, and, you know, I think you brought up a good point, uh, albeit perhaps, you know, half-jokingly saying hopefully he's better than LeBron. I think that's one thing that the, the Suns need to do is 
give him that insight, allow him to in, you know provide input, but make sure it's you know rationally based, and he's not just trying to bring in his buddies to play. Now, granted, if his buddies are you know not somebody that's Tristan Thompson, instead it's like Demarcus Cousins, or okay, Carl I mean, Towns. Or, or Cat, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, shoot, he was wearing a Suns jersey last week. <laughs> just saying, he looked pretty good in purple and orange. So uh, no, yeah, yeah. Then then you then know, you know it, what? Pay 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 them up the nose. That's totally and fine. I mean, but. Carl Anthony Towns might be getting sick of getting sick of that Tibbs Tibbs situation there. And if he again, if he wants to move and get that supermax extension, mm, he's gonna want to make that move sooner, sooner than later. later. Yeah, exactly. I like I like this. I like this. You know, players can't tamper with other players, right? So nope. <laughs> it's the beauty especially, of it. Especially when they went to college together. Exactly. They're just <laughs> homies. So yeah, no, I think it's I think it's a good move. And again, if 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 you're setting this kid up and you're saying he's going to be the face of the franchise, which they've been saying, which he's expressed interest in being, which I think is great, then give him that opportunity to be involved in the decisions uh, and and see where things go. And if, if, you know, again, things start to get a little awry, well, you know, then we could always tail it back a little bit. But at the same time, if it's going to help ensure that we're keeping Devin Booker around, um, for an extended period of time, then I'm all for it. And, and again, as long as it's it's within reason and, and he's providing input but not absolutely making the end-of-the-day decisions like I think LeBron makes up there, right. um, then then it's, it's totally fine. And it certainly seems to me like Devin Booker doesn't come across as, how do I say this about LeBron, um, an egomaniac that <laughs> needs to have all sorts of control over things? I, he doesn't come across as that kind of guy. Um, and he seems generally interested in making this team a winner. And uh, if, again, we keep him around to do so, then fantastic. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if over the course of the offseason and whatnot, we see, you know, Booker making his voice known in a situation, and that's the situation the Suns go in. And then in a later situation, Booker making his voice known, and the Suns going in a different direction to kind of just show that there are boundaries there. Sure. You know, I don't think we're going to hear about any of it either. No. But, I, think, I mean, I, think, I don't know. Gambo might say something. I think to the – okay. Well, <laughs> I don't think the Suns are going to come out and directly say Devin Booker wanted what? this person or wanted this person. Right. I think it's going to be, you know, at most McDonough saying we're consulting with them. His input is valuable to us, right. uh, which is fine because I think that's all that should be said by the team. Now, perhaps team – Sources, quote unquote, right. uh, will will give Gambo or whomever a little bit more insight, and if so, fantastic. But uh, whether it is leaked out through a source or whether it's more neutrally put by the franchise and talking about Booker's involvement, I think the scenario you laid out is certainly going to happen at some point along the line, right. where Booker is going to give his input and they'll go that way, and other times Booker will give his input and they'll go a different way. Whatever, as long as he's giving his input and the Suns are making decisions that are ostensibly, presumably best for the right. franchise moving forward, fantastic. Yeah, I mean, you just—he has that quality that every team wants in their star player. Like he just gets it. He right. knows exactly what to say, what to do, when to do it, and like he is a—he just is born to be a face of a franchise. And I know we don't want him to go anywhere. Absolutely. And he also, I don't, I, I feel like in saying this, obviously not having to go through the situation, I feel like I would have a difficult time not liking him. Yeah. Like if he left, I feel, I, I don't see there being like a big Devin Booker jersey burning party, like 
you know, many other cities have done in the past with some of their star players. Um, I just find him that likable. Uh, but maybe I would have said the same thing about Goran Dragic back in the day. I'm not sure. Uh, I, I, don't, so. I, I don't know, dude. I mean, bo- there are guys in Boston who burned Isaiah Thomas jerseys. And, like, he didn't want to leave. <laughs> he got traded. It's like, <laughs> pump the brakes, folks. Pump the brakes. So you're saying people are a little too quick on the trigger to burn jerseys? Quick, yeah. Okay. A little bit. Oh, a little bit. Me- Those hundred-some-dollar jerseys just... Maybe the maybe the <laughs> rational Justin over here is like, I'm not going to burn a jersey that quickly. I don't think I'd ever burn a jersey. It no. just seems really, really useless. Yeah. Wasteful. Donate it somewhere, yeah. right? Pollut- pollutish. Right. Yes. <laughs> pollutish. Okay, so um, what else should we talk about? How we talk about more about Devin Booker? Um, he's back. He's back. He's back. He's he, three he, games back. Uh, out the gates... Guns a-blazing. Yeah, he certainly hasn't forgotten how to take his shot. No. Uh, which I wouldn't expect him to. Uh, he's gone, what, three games he's been back? He's gone 32, 26, 32. Yeah, I mean, it hasn't been as efficient. True. He's been clutch. Right. Least, like, right. Go ahead. I don't. Was I that it? it. He, he's I clutch. lost it. No, he, well, I mean, the second game was the, who would they play? I don't, you think I would have written that down? Yeah. I wrote down the point totals. Well, they played Philly last night. Yeah, who um, they played before that? Do, 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 do. Give me one second. I will find that, and I'll just keep talking like this. Sacramento. Yes. Um, that, that Sacramento game, he came out like incredibly cold, but then in that fourth quarter, if I recall, if I'm recalling yeah. this correctly, he, he just got the shots when we, he needed to get those shots. So, and that's what clutch. you kind of expect yeah. from a guy like that. You don't want to get him. You don't want him to get gun shy. Right. And it could be very easy for a 21 year old kid to get gun shy after missing nine games. The second game back, first game was fine. Second game, he's ice cold. It could very easily. It could be very easy for him to get gun shy, and he certainly did not. And and it paid off in the end um, with another with another win for them. Uh, but like you said, it hasn't been as efficient, but I don't think anybody's surprised by that because he's going to get his legs back underneath him. I mean, missing nine games and and coming back. And it's the holidays. You know, he's probably been eating no. a little extra, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> Who knows? So, you know, Booker's just, you know, rolling with it these days. And, and he'll, uh, you know, he'll, he'll come back around. And it's funny. I feel it's funny having this conversation because I feel like a year ago, right about this time, was we when really Booker starting was starting to, to turn things around because he had – had that, you know, second half or last quarter of his rookie year, he'd kind of declined. Then the first part of his second year, he came out just not looking confident, taking shots, but looking like he's trying to guide the ball into the hoop. Right. And I feel like the, the Devin Booker we saw the first half of 2016, 2017, or maybe the first third, whatever it might be, uh, is like 180 degrees, a completely different guy than what we're seeing right now, which I think is wonderful because he's truly coming into his own he has that confidence right and, um, he's, and, and he's keeping up with the complete game right as well i mean he's still distributing i mean to the point that triano's throwing him at point mm-hmm. in certain in certain lineups which have been really good lineups mm-hmm. and he's also still you know keeping up with the rebounds as well i mean, i think the defense is defensive numbers i mean not like they were have ever have been great this season but they've been better than they were have fallen off a little bit in these last couple games and that just might be just an, um a fo- some focus issues that he just needs to kind of get back on get his legs back under right. him a little bit more and whatnot so we'll see how that how that goes or if he's just you know focusing too much on the offensive end just trying to keep the guys, keep the team in games that he just doesn't have the energy for the other side. Right. And, you know, I think when you have a player like Booker, there's always going to be that give and take. I, I, 
We've talked about this since we started doing this podcast. Yeah. We weren't ever expecting Booker to become an elite defender. No. We want him to be what, Paul? Average. Average. Serviceable. Serviceable. Take both of those. <laughs> and, and the offensive game, if it continues to improve, then Don't want you know, him to be a negative. Be fine. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, I mean, you look at his offensive game. I mean, you were just talking about how he's continued to evolve his, his all-around game. You look at what he's done. I mean, he's shown a nice progression, you know, in per-game stats since since his rookie year. Really, every year starting to, you know, continuing to improve his shooting percentages. Every year, obviously, in, in improving his points per game. But more to your point of the all-around game, every year improving assists, improving uh, rebounds. Um, he's even averaging almost close to a steal a game this year. Now that could be, you know, more of a happenstance, but hey, whatever. Still, that's a lot. That's stats a lot of stats, baby. Stats is <laughs> stats. Um, and you know, again, coming into that role uh, that we're all expecting him and and hoping that he fills. Uh, but the Suns, you know, even without him, uh, did started off a little little rough. Yeah. They lost what the first four games. I think we were talking about. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, but then they won three of the last five. Uh, so, you know, they even started maybe clicking a little bit, figuring things out without having Devin Booker in the lineup, which is a positive. And I think we talked about how it, you know, before he really started um, this this time frame where he was out, talked about how it could be a positive to let the other players kind of figure things out without him on the floor, without having right. to rely on him so much. And, you know, it seems like they kind of started clicking, started figuring those types of things out, which... I think is uh, you know credit given to not only the coaching staff but also the players for being able to do that because you look at teams like like what last year when Golden State lost Durant for a period of time and they first were kind of like got to refigure this thing figuring out figuring that. out and then Golden State was pretty much Golden State now obviously the Suns aren't Golden State right but the same type of concept would apply and it seemed like by winning. Three of five instead of <laughs> losing four in a row. Pace. They yeah they they start yeah it's just a different a little bit different uh, of levels but uh, yeah I mean definitely there. players stepped up. Unfortunately, I think the players that we're all hoping to step up, those guys who we are talking about to be the core of the timeline, uh, weren't really the ones who stepped up. You know, it wasn't like Josh Jackson really mm-hmm. stepped into a role. I mean. Marquise Chris a little bit has started to become a little bit more consistent mm-hmm. on the end near here. And I think Bender has kind of been what he's been for most of the season. But the guys who stepped up really were like the Troy Daniels is Isaiah Cannon. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Len, mm-hmm. I believe he's, he stepped up. But guys who... T.J. Warren did a good job filling t- Booker's, you know, primary role. He did, but I mean, even still, his numbers were still relatively flat mm-hmm. from the standpoint so of... So you're saying he didn't get a, he didn't get a bump from right. having Booker out of the Being lineup. Being the number and, one I option, gotcha. that's, yeah. That's fair. So, I mean, we've got players there. They, they're figuring themselves out as a team. It's it's interesting to see how it's, how it's evolving. The, the addition of... Uh, Cannon has been really interesting just because of it's really solidified that second unit mm-hmm. and kind of given them a lot of direction, which is really what he provides, you know, as a point guard, right? As a point guard who actually passes, unlike right. uh, our former uh, backup point guard um, who's now searching for a team. Um, I hear he might go to China. Do you read yeah, that? Yeah, I saw that, but he's, uh, he's he wants to stick with the NBA, so hopefully, he's, I, I think mean, he will. I hope somebody picks him Stick up. Stick with the I NBA, mean, that is. He, he, he did some good things for us for the Suns, and 
in his short tenure with us. And I think is, he's a local guy, isn't he? Mike James? Yeah. I don't think so. I certainly thought he was a local guy. Maybe I'm I could certainly look that up, but I don't think so. But he, he, you know, he, he had the honor of being the first uh, ever two-way contract player to have his two-way contract picked up. And then, and then also <laughs> quickly became the first to ever have the, him to, to follow by being released. So he's got that yeah, going for him, yeah. too. That, that, that whole situation was uh, a confluence of, wow, the Suns did not plan that one out well. Having to release uh, Derek Jones to make the room for Mike right. James to then proceed to then cut Mike James because apparently he's not good anymore. Mike, Mike James from Portland. Okay. Um, and Who's I think? You know, I... I, I it, I think if you pulled like a hundred Suns fans before Isaiah Cannon stepped onto a court for the Suns and said, "Do you think Isaiah Cannon's going to stick around and Mike James is going to, you know, yeah. be cut?" Everyone would say no. I don't think anybody anticipated Isaiah Cannon having, you know, the impact that he that he did. And at that point, you know, it kind of became the, the Suns didn't really have a choice. I mean, he outplayed them. Well, but I, I mean, it was really it was interesting just from the fact that the, they signed him to the ten day and. He was play. He was playing over James immediately, so that was very telling to mm-hmm. me that James was definitely on the outs at that point. The fact that Cannon played as well as he has was probably was a surprise, but it was definitely telling that he James was was benched right. like immediately to bring that guy to bring him on. Right, and you know, it's one you, you always kind of wonder too what might what might be happening you know, behind the scenes, and this is pure speculation, obviously. But remember, uh, we talked—I want to say at the beginning of the year—about how James, you know, he's he's had a very successful run overseas. He was yeah. he was looking at having some pretty decent contracts overseas, and then he signed a two-way deal with the Suns, yeah. which is obviously going to be a considerably less uh, financially than some of those big contracts overseas, even for guys that might be borderline NBA players. Well, I. Let me finish. <laughs> so I kind of wonder if there was anything in the works where there was the anticipation, you know, they're almost like a wink, wink kind of promise that they would at some point convert that to a, a, a normal deal uh, throughout the year. And maybe at that point they said, we told them we were going to convert this to normal deal. Suns don't exactly have a whole lot of, uh, you know, goodwill with players out there. Right. So we don't exactly want to burn a bridge here. Um, but we like this guy better. Bring him in. We're going to have to sign James, and then we'll release him shortly thereafter and go make money somewhere else too. I don't even know if it makes sense. I'm just throwing that out there. It literally <laughs> just came up right off the top of my head. So um, probably, well, probably I, nonsensical, I, I possibly even that, impossible. I doubt that strictly just because they signed him to that deal before Booker got hurt. The only reason they brought in Cannon was because Booker got hurt. And granted, it was, it was kind of a weird – not really. I guess not. Just because they don't, they don't didn't have another backup point guard, and I think James was really struggling at that point. Mm-hmm. And because he's a, he's a score first point guard, which is really not what that second unit right. needed. Sure, you know they've got Troy Daniels to score, and they've got guys like like Bender, who I think may, maybe didn't get along that well with with James. Mm, talk about speculation. I don't know, the, didn't James yell at him one game? I don't know. Yeah, he yelled at him one game because uh, Bender didn't take a shot at like the very end of the clock. It seems like something he should yell at him for, though. But they were like yeah, losing just some by tough... a ton. So James losing by a ton, assist. you just stop not playing. Come on. I don't know what he's just was, trying to be a big brother right there, man. I didn't see it again. I'm just yeah. speculating. I don't know. I just remember <laughs> seeing something about that. Okay, well, 
You want to delve into that more next yeah. week about the relationship sure. between Mike James and Dragon Bender? No, I think we can move on from Mike James. <laughs> <laughs> uh, suddenly, I'm interested. I'm very interested in Mike move James. Move on to Mike James, uh, unless he joins the Wizards to hang out with Marcin Gortat and, and Markeith Morris. <laughs> start being like the West Suns, the, the, the Suns rejects um, <laughs> at any rate. Um, oh, can I just say one thing, too? Like, yeah. I get, I get it. Just lest anybody think that I still don't absolutely love Josh Jackson, let's all just calm down. <laughs> is he having an underwhelming rookie year? Yes, he is. But you know what? He's going to be fine. I stand by that, and I will, you know, you can all, y'all can I'm yell just, at me. Just, you, y'all can yell at me if this doesn't work out, but I think he's going to be just fine. Um, he, I've said this before, he needs to learn how to play within himself. Love the aggressiveness. But it needs to be a little more controlled. And I think he'll get there at some point. I'm just hoping for that Jalen Brown year two leap. There you go. I, I would love any sort of leap into year two so I could, you know, stop eating some crow. I really don't like doing that. <laughs> um, but remember, I did save Dave, Devin Booker back in the day. So yeah. It's because, you know, I uh-huh. lit that fire under him. So, all right, Paul. Anything else, buddy? No, I think I'm good. All right. Well, um, until next time then. As always, you can find me on Twitter at so says Jay and Paul at Dervish of Whirl. At Dervish of Whirl, we're uh, we'll record before um, Brightside Night, but yeah. I'll say it again. Come say hi if any if you, any of y'all want to say hi. You might not want to meet us. I don't know. It's no. fine. We're we're not that exciting. But <laughs> but come say hi at Brightside Night. It should be fun. It was fun last year, um, and and it's it's all it's always a good time, good cause. So yes, um, really good time. On that note, until the next time we join you, uh, like I always say, thank you for listening. Depending on when you're listening, have a good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. I've got a fever. A fever for more cowbell.